hell It's gonna be a great Noel It's the Advent Calendar House Muffins, Black Man Smurfs And even Garfield's Halloween We're gonna take a trip down memory Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, sponsored by the official Nancy Spumoni snow boots, available nowhere, because it's three days until Christmas. But don't cry yet, that comes later, and it will, because today we're holding our football-shaped heads high back to 1996 for a very special episode of Nickelodeon's Hey Arnold, this is Arnold's Christmas. I am sneakily replacing everyone's name in the secret Santa pool with my own Mike Westfall. And joining me with a belly full of eggnog that he rightfully earned after waiting 18 hours in line, it's Anthony Caruso from Tits the Podcast. Welcome back, Anthony. Thanks for having me back, Mike. Glad to be here. Absolutely. And topping our Christmas tree with the ceremonial Thanksgiving turkey from TGI Podcast, please welcome Matt Urich. Hey, Matt. Hi, how's it going? I'm I'm so happy to be on for the first time. So this is going to be a good one. Yes. Thank you both for coming on. This is a really heavy episode, but it is so well done. And I'm so happy it's getting a renewed interest now that it's streaming. Uh, hey, Arnold is on Paramount Plus. Please treat yourself, folks. It was a very good Nicktoon. Uh, but tell me your history watching the show and specifically this episode. And we'll start with you, Matt. So my history overall with Hey Arnold, I'm kind of like in that key demographic. I think of when this show came out, I'm 35 now. So like I was 10 ish or so when the series came out, I have seen every episode of this probably three, four five times at least. And this episode in particular, I love it. It is so well done. It is so heavy hitting and it feels like it's one of the first real like heavy hitting shows or heavy hitting episodes I remember as a kid. So it, it was so fun to go back and watch this, even though it is so heavy, it's just such a well done uh, episode in general that I really enjoyed it. Hey, Arnold is one of my favorite shows from my childhood. So when you had this up as like anybody want to come on, I jumped at the chance because I just, I love this episode and I love this show. Oh, good. Anthony, what about you? Very similar history to Matt. I was in that perfect demographic for Hey Arnold growing up. I'm 32 right now. So this was one of my favorite Nicktoons. I've probably seen every episode more than once. And this is always one that stuck with me. I haven't seen it in years, admittedly, but it's one that (laughs) as soon as I put it on today to watch for the show, I remembered like I've always remembered it, but I forgot how much I remembered it in detail. Like it is so well done, like Matt said, and that's par for the course for Harold's because I know they've done other serious topics as well. Like the Parents' Day episode comes to mind, but this is one of those really special ones. And uh, yeah, when I again to echo Matt, when you posted you were looking for people to do it, I was like, I'm always up to talk. Hey, Arnold. So. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> sticks with you and then floods back when you watch it again. I. 
am a little older than both of you. I turned 16 in 1996, so I was a junior in high school when this first aired. So I watched Hey Arnold sporadically. I remember my brother liked the show. Uh, so I might have been just out of the target audience, but I never stopped liking cartoons. And I definitely enjoyed watching Hey Arnold when I was sitting down to actually watch it. It just wasn't committed to watching it every time it was on, like for some stuff when I was younger. And I don't think I watched this the night it first aired. Uh, debuted December 11th, 1996. That was a Wednesday night. Got prime time. And rightly so. So I think I might have caught it on a rerun later that year because Nickelodeon would do that with special episodes like this, especially Christmas episodes. And they would run them a few times that year when they could. And as I started seeking out Christmas specials to cover for the podcast, I remembered seeing this before. So I'm glad it's getting renewed appreciation. It deserves it. But before we explain why, let's go back even farther and discuss the history, the history of Hey of Arnold. Arnold. Created by Craig Bartlett, who started his career as a claymation artist, and I do mean capital C claymation at Will Vinton Studios, where he worked on, among other things, the claymation Christmas celebration. His name's on the credits. Uh, he also animated the music video for the Weird Al Yankovic song Jurassic Park and the Penny cartoons on Pee Wee's Playhouse. That's amazing. So naturally, Craig Bartlett developed the character of Arnold in Claymation for a few of his own shorts, including one that ran on Sesame Street in 1991 and in a comic strip in the magazine Simpsons Illustrated because Craig Bartlett used to be married to Matt Groening's sister, Lisa. Whoa. Who, who knew? Did not know that until researching for this. I'm like, you were related to the actual inspiration for Lisa Simpson. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. Uh, and his first job with Nickelodeon was as a story editor for Rugrats. And that was his in to pitch Hey Arnold, which debuted in theaters as a short in front of the movie Harriet the Spy. You know what? I think I remember that. I it, yeah. it was yeah, I do remember that because I remember seeing Harriet the Spy in theaters and I remember the Harry Arnold short beforehand mm -hmm. vividly. They were playing baseball in it, right? Yeah. He had a scuffle with the bully Harold and he gave him 24 hours to live. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. <laughs> uh, and, and that brings us to this Christmas episode, which aired halfway through the show's very first season. And it remains one of Craig Bartlett's favorite episodes. Uh, the voice of Arnold during this first season was Torin Cordell, full name Lane Torin Cordell. Christmas is special. It's about showing the people you're close to that you really care about. When you give somebody a present, it should be unique. And he currently goes by Lane Torin. He's also known from the Disney cartoon Recess as a character named King Bob. Did either of you watch Recess? Oh, I watched Recess. I was a big Recess fan. Yeah, I did. But I don't remember that specific character, though. You don't? He always sat on top of the jungle gym. He like ruled oh, the playground. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I remember yeah. now. <laughs> uh, and, and this is a legit Christmas special with its own special opening with the layered snow effect that you always see when it's done well or not. I like seeing it. It works here. Mm -hmm. It does. I, I had that written down in my notes that just the opening of this is so like 
beautiful like for an animated special it's just so simplistically great like i love the way that it looked that this that this opened up it was really really nice i know i always loved like with uh these cartoons when you do the score for these christmas episodes they just tend to add more bells and like yep the more jingling type music like mm-hmm. to the actual cartoon themes, not just the Christmas songs they weave in and out, which I like. Yes. Lot. And instead of trying to animate snow, it looks like they just overlaid live action video of snow mm-hmm. or probably <laughs> Hollywood snow in air quotes. Let's call it on top of the animation. And it's a nice effect. But then after all the snow we see in the opening credits, when the story actually begins, it's almost entirely melted again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what happened? It went it went from winter wonderland to like the few days later after all the salt is melted in, the snow's like <laughs> yeah. black and just little grass is in it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say New York City. Unless, <laughs> yeah. unless it's a blizzard, it uh you know, it's all slush within an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, well, the first characters we meet up with in this episode are Helga and Phoebe. I'm going to make a haul this year. But Helga, Christmas is about giving and sharing, family and friends, holiday spirit. Oh, come off your high horse, sister. Voiced respectively by Francesca Marie Smith is Helga and Andy McAfee is Phoebe. I mentioned them together because they were also regular voices on Recess as characters named Ashley A and Ashley B. Oh, the Ashleys. The Ashleys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Andy McAfee in particular is also in most of the Land Before Time sequels as Sarah. Oh, Sarah oh, the Three nice. Yeah, I love that franchise. Oh, so good. So, and, and right out of the gate, we focus on these girls for a little game I like to call Guess Which Character is Going to Have a Change of Heart Later. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's Helga, who is loudly and proudly on Team Presence. Uh, in particular, she very much wants a pair of Nancy Spumoni brand snow boots. Nancy Spumoni signature snow boots. Imported leather, gold embossed, hand riveted, zigzag thread, steel toed. I gotta have them. And they're walking in the shopping district, and there are these boots on a mannequin in a glass display outside, flanked with speakers repeatedly blaring the Spumoni. <laughs> <laughs> That felt like something I would hear in in Doug. Yes, yeah. Like, um, Doug kind of always had those little like slight, uh, oh, not slight, but those like dream sequences where something was always like kind of in your face and like yeah. it, that that sort of like uh, uh, audio. There, it did. It very much sounded like Doug. I could definitely see just Fred Newman on Doug going to Spumoni. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, I guess so. It's been a while since I've again watched Hey Arnold before tonight. And uh, Helga is such an as is as iconic to me as Arnold with her unibrow and her pigtails. And oh uh, yeah, I I just recently bought for the PlayStation the Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, and uh, <laughs> she, she's a I can't beat her when the computer's playing uh, as Helga. She's, she's a character. Like, they brought Helga in. Oh, good. <laughs> She oh, deserves that it. Is Helga awesome. is, is the Miss Piggy of Hey Arnold. Oh, she really she is. She is. Uh, yeah, the show's true star and a total diva. 
but she won't admit it in front of Arnold. And complete with stalkerish tendencies. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and speaking of, here's where we catch up with Arnold, who's out shopping with his best bud, Gerald. So what did you get your dad? A nice plaid tie. Not too loud. That's nice. What did you get Jamie O? That's all right. Red and blue. That's good. Where did you get Timberly? That's all right. With little pink things on it. Voiced by Jameel Walker-Smith, who was uh, later a regular in the sci-fi network show Stargate Universe, which I did not watch. No, me either. I didn't watch any of this. Yeah, a lot of the the younger kid characters here are known for a few things here and there. Recess seems to be a common link upon all of them. But when we get to more of the uh, the adult voice actors, we'll get to some familiar names, but we'll get to them Uh, here. Gerald makes Christmas shopping easy and just gets everyone in his family a necktie, which great. That's how you cut down on seasonal stress. Respect to Gerald. (laughs) <laughs> I, I love Gerald so much. He's such like a good friend and he's easygoing. And I, I'm with you. I love his approach here. Like, look, life. This is how I'm going to make my life easy. I'm just getting everybody the exact same thing. Yep. Including his little sister who yes. Arnold points out, you got her a necktie. And Gerald is like for formal occasions. <laughs> That's right. No respect to Arnold who tells him you can't give a four year old sister a tie. Why not, Arnold? What ties can't be for girls? Shut up, Arnold. (laughs) Arnold's actual reasoning is that Christmas is a time to show people you love, that you care about them, and the gift you give to someone should be unique. So, okay. But a tie for a four-year-old girl is pretty unique. Maybe (laughs) she'll love it. You never know. I mean, there's not a whole lot of uh, four-year-old girls getting ties, so Gerald might be ahead of the game that, you know, he wants to be as creative as possible. Be a fashion icon. Yes. Maybe she'll use it on one of her dolls if she doesn't want it herself. There you go. Yeah. Helga's correct in monologuing how much she loathes you here, Arnold. Uh, Except for at the end when she admits she's smitten by you and must find the perfect gift to win you over. Arnold, what a goof. What a sap. What a holiday fool. How I revile his very existence. And yet, I love him. His awkward gait. His half-lidded gaze, his brave, if misguided, concern for those less fortunate. I must find the perfect gift for my beloved. But next we cut to that night, and it's snowing again. Uh, And we see the MVP of this special, Mr. Wynn, who lives in the boarding house run by Arnold's grandparents. We will catch up with Mr. Wynn later. For now, we just see him hear a whisper or some noise and suddenly turning around only to find nothing. So he goes inside where we see Arnold's grandmother topping the Christmas tree with a Thanksgiving turkey because jokes. <laughs> I have always loved these boarding house characters. Like it's just like an old school, like any city, like uh, boarding house at the turn of the century, melting yeah. pot type boarding house. And I yes. love them. They're so great. It, it's a great cast here. Especially grandma. She's getting all her holidays confused and you can't tell whether or not she's being intentional about it. And it's better if you don't know. It's just great. Uh, (laughs) Grandma's. Well, no, the thing with grandma is she's sharp as attack in other episodes. So while she might not seem to be all there, she's definitely somewhere in the neighborhood. (laughs) The episode I always think of with Grandma is when she and Arnold break out the seed turtle from the aquarium yeah. and uh, help rescue it. Free yeah. it. <laughs> uh, and Grandma is voiced, of course, by Tress McNeil. Welcome back, Tress. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. 
been a bit. I think the last episode she was on of this show was when I covered How Murray Saved Christmas. But what's your go-to Tress McNeil role, guys? Agnes Skinner. Yep. <laughs> it's, That's the go-to there. Yep. It's Babs Bunny for me. Uh, oh, but but here movie. she's she's definitely using uh, her grandmotherly voice that is very similar to Agnes Skinner. Uh, but speaking of the Simpsons, Arnold's grandfather is Dan Castellaneta. My Yuletide prankster, eh? Okay, we'll start over. Pookie, how about a little Christmas music? Which I don't think I caught as a kid. I didn't realize until much much later. I I was kind of the same too. Like. Even rewatching because it's been so long since I've actually sat down and watched an episode. I hear his voice and immediately I was like, oh, my God, he is in this. Like, yes, it, it's so like he's so he could do so many different things. Yet still, you know, it's him. Yeah. And I think that's what's so awesome. I, I mean, I love him in everything. So mm. uh, it's it's it was just cool, like a nice little like jog my memory again. Like, oh, yeah, he is in this. I think we could all agree the best uh his best work is uh as a genie in return of jafar right <laughs> <laughs> of course uh, what else could it be uh last time we heard him on this podcast he was the voice of the animated doc brown the boarding house is doing a secret santa which i don't think i've talked about much on this show just the concept of secret santa is that something you guys do every year uh, we, I used to do it in one side of my mom's family, we would do it. And I, it's, it's always funny. Like we would for a year or two, get really into it. And then after that, people would be like, Hmm, let's just do like a white elephant Yankee swap type thing. So <laughs> it feels like it kind of switches around every few years, but we've mm. definitely done secret Santa in the past. Well, I tend to do secret Santa at work with a few of my close coworkers, um, in terms of my friends group outside of work, we used to do Secret Santa, and then everyone started just exchanging booze and gift cards. So we stopped that, and now we do White Elephant with the rule, no booze or gift cards. So we no, have to boo. actually be <laughs> thoughtful <laughs> with the gifts. Oh, fine. I'm very sporadic with my Secret Santa involvement. My family would do one every year among my cousins and me, but we didn't call it Secret Santa. We called it Pollyanna, which... Seems to be a Philly thing now that I am reading more about it. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. And looking at your quizzical faces, I'm guessing <laughs> not. So I guess it must be a very regional thing. Very, very regional. I've yeah, I've never heard it referred to as that before. No, me either. Yeah, I'm not sure the the origin of that. It, all it said was that it seems to be uh, centered around the Philadelphia area. And that's where we would go for our family Christmas parties every year. And they still they still do that every year. And we FaceTime in. But here it's very specifically a secret Santa and everyone picks a name out of a fishbowl. But at first, the name on every piece of paper in the fishbowl is Oscars, the Yuletide prankster. Don't tell anyone, but I got Oscar. I got Oscar too. So did I. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> I love Oscar. Me too. And it's like just such a classic like trope. Like we get these all the oh, time. Yeah. Like uh, um, the Muppet show that was on ABC a few years back. Uh, <laughs> that it was the same thing in that yep. too. Like I, I love that trope because it's so it's so simple, but it's always funny. Always mm. funny. It gets a laugh every time. Uh, Oscars Eastern European voice here is provided by Steve Vixton, who wrote this episode. Oh, wow. So really talented guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, died in 2014, unfortunately. Oh, that sucks. 
We yeah, we we have a lot of not a lot, but a, f- a few more characters whose voice actors are no longer with us coming up. But. So they repick names and Arnold gets Mr. Wynn. And the next day, as he's talking about it with Gerald, while they're in the middle of a very large group snowball fight, by the way, way to multitask. I couldn't do that. This is always like so this made me think like I know Hey Arnold is set in modern day, but this seemed right. more timeless to me. A lot of the stuff in Hey Arnold seems like New York City of yesteryear, like Brooklyn of yesteryear. Like this came out at the at the right time, like 1996. The internet was very new at this point. This was like this was the year I got online. So there was still that going outside to play mentality. There is still that we're outliving. We're not on our phones. We're not on their computers. We're having a snowball fight with every kid in the city. Uh, and shout out to Gerald's hat here, which looks like an upside down stocking he's wearing on his head. <laughs> yes. I am a big fan. I don't, I don't know how it keeps his head warm, though, because it just covers his hair. It's all he needs. <laughs> it's cold. As, you know, you lose all the heat through your head. Yeah, so. that's <laughs> that's what you want covered. That's what Gerald wants covered. He wants to protect his hair. <laughs> he, of course, suggests Arnold give Mr. Wood a tie, but Arnold doubles down on his insistence of giving meaningful gifts to people. One thing he's noticed is that Mr. Wynn always seems sad around this time of year, and we're about to find out why, because Arnold decides to pay Mr. Wynn a visit to get to know him better. And the first thing we learn is he's got a very stylish banana pattern wallpaper. (laughs) (laughs) I I love the beginning of this scene as well, where Arnold's hinting for gift ideas. And he's like, oh, do you like candy, Mr. Wynn? No, no candy. It makes (laughs) my stomach hurt. (laughs) Get all the important questions out of the way, you know, like (laughs) I I love how Arnold thinks. You know, he says you need to get somebody something that's meaningful, yet his one of the first things he's lobbying for is candy, which don't get me wrong. I love me some candy, but that's not the most meaningful gift in the world either. Well, it depends on who you're giving it to. Well, that's true. I guess a <laughs> child would love it. A child would think it's the most. Sure. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'd be pretty happy if I got candy. Yeah. Too. Who am I kidding? <laughs> Plus, given how mature these kids act, it's, I often forget they're only in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a very they're like and the way but the way they speak to each other, it's definitely written by an adult trying to write a kid. It's like, yes, it's like clerk's fourth grade edition. <laughs> But I love the banana wallpaper. I'm going to put a picture of that in the show notes. It's that's just one of those little touches that you don't think about until you're sitting down and watching and looking for details. I'm like, hey, neat. But here is where we learn Mr. Wynn's heartbreaking backstory and why he always seems sad at Christmas time, because it makes him remember his daughter, Mai, whom he gave up as a toddler in his native Vietnam to get her safely out of the country during the actual fall of Saigon. I was a young man with a family, a beautiful baby girl. I called her Mai. I was the luckiest man in the world. At night, I used to dream about our future together, to watch Mai grow up and go to school, to see her be happy. But there was trouble in my country. There was a war in the north, and every day, 
the fighting was coming closer and closer. I knew this would not be a good place for my child to grow up. I could not keep her safe. Literally, he was one of the people in the pictures lifting the child up for the helicopters as the helicopters is going away. I had to make the most difficult decision of my life. I knew I had to do the best thing for my. I knew if I gave my to the soldier, they would take care of her. They would find a home for her. And then, as soon as I could, I would get out of the country and find her again. It's so heavy. That is so heavy for a show like this and for a show geared towards children. It's something that even when I was young watching this, that, you know, I, I, I knew so little about the Korean War or Vietnam or anything like that, that I would have no clue about most of this stuff and seeing something like that. And, I, you know, it kind of really opened my eyes, even as like a kid to some of the things like this that had to happen for people. And it was just like, and rewatching it too. And even like seeing the animations and the scenes that they put into this, it's like, this is some heavy, heavy stuff, like very heavy for a, a, a show geared towards children, but it's, I mean, it works. It works so well. I would have been six when this first aired and I do remember watching it in prime time. So I think I did see it that first year aired, okay. but six, I had no idea about the Vietnam war, or the Korean war or anything like that, but it still resonated with me that this was really heavy, serious stuff. And even now I'm, I'm very impressed. Hey Arnold went there and I said it earlier, Hey Arnold has, does, has done this a few times throughout its run, the mm-hmm. parents day episode, but also yeah. Later in this episode, we get a hint of like the implied home life of Helga, which is very sad and dark as well. Yeah. <laughs> so. But no, this was a very powerful, very important turning point in the quirky city kids cartoon. They brought real history into this. And it seems they handled telling this story very carefully and very respectfully, which I appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. They like they didn't feel the need to like try to lighten it up at all or insert and you know a joke to bring more levity to the scene or anything they just told it straight and it was heartbreaking like you could tell it really affects arnold obviously because it sets him on his quest for the rest of the episode yeah and he's interested in hearing the story he said i'd like to hear it if you if you're okay with that and mr wind launches into it uh, so the idea to explore Mr. Wynn's backstory came from steve vixton and he and craig bartlett brought the idea to Mr. Wynn's voice actor, Bowen Coleman, who was there during the fall of Saigon. Witnessed it firsthand. Bowen Coleman's filmography includes quite a few war stories and TV shows, including Rambo First Blood Part 2 and Rules of Engagement. I couldn't find a date of death for this man, but it says his final role was as Mr. Wynn in Hey Arnold the Movie in 2002, so... Probably shortly after that. I remember being so disappointed in that movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> haven't seen <laughs> that one in a while. Have you seen the one that they came out with like a few years ago? Uh, yeah, jungle one in 2017, the yeah. Jungle movie. That yeah, one yeah. wasn't that one wasn't too bad. I didn't really I didn't mind it as much as I thought I would. Yeah, me either. I mean, it wrapped up the big mystery of the show, right? Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> A couple more details I want to mention. One, they had to avoid actually calling this the Vietnam War. 
But you know, Mr. Wynn simply said there is a war in his country. But if you know your history, you know where this is and what day this is. This is very specifically April 29th, 1975. The scene of the helicopter on the rooftop gives it away. The main picture on the Wikipedia entry for the fall of Saigon is of evacuees boarding a helicopter on a rooftop. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this scene in this episode, there's only room for one more person in this helicopter. So Mr. Wynn holds up his daughter in tears, and that's the last time he sees her. It is like legitimately watching it as an adult, knowing the history behind this. It was heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. Also, Mr. Wynn's last name is apparently misspelled, but on purpose. Allegedly. So he spells his name in the credits H Y U N H. The common Vietnamese name when is actually spelled H U Y N H. And the assumption on the Internet seems to be it was to avoid any confusion with any actual people named Win. So one of those all similarities are purely coincidental deals. <laughs> So Mr. Wynn explains the soldier who took his daughter Mai on board the helicopter called out the name of a city. And when he got out of Vietnam, he moved to the city of Hillwood, hoping to find her. But in real time, it's now been 21 years since the end of the war and no luck so far. I'm going to have some questions for both of you at the end of this episode. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, But that gives Arnold the crazy idea to do what he can to find Mr. Wynn's daughter. Uh, He admits it's a long shot to Gerald the following morning, which happens to be Christmas Eve. So what better time for a miracle? He's waiting until the last minute to figure this out, which, I mean, I give him credit. He only found out the night before Christmas Eve. So (laughs) it's not last minute by choice or inactivity. It's just. And did he. Did he have a backup plan here? If he was unable to get this, does he have a gift in mind? Like, is he nope. set to to experience Christmas Day without a gift for Mr. Wynn? Yes, because there was nothing under the tree for him on Christmas Day. <laughs> right, he's got That's nothing. True. Yeah, well, well, he knows. Well, he, he's got enough sweaters. He doesn't need a sweater. <laughs> I have so many sweaters. I got a plenty of sweater. See, red, blue, green, moon, cotton. Plenty of sweater. No and candy. I can forgive Arnold's last minute uh, search, given that he found out the night before Christmas right. Eve. But uh, mm-hmm. I can forgive Mr. Bailey's last minute shopping yes. list. As yes. we find out in a few <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it is Christmas Eve now, and he only found out the night before. But as Arnold said, what better time for a miracle? Isn't that what Christmas is all about? And then we immediately cut to Helga shouting, presents, presents, presents. (laughs) (laughs) Scrambling to find the right present for Arnold. It's very much a filler scene to make sure we didn't forget about her trying to find something for him. That's it. One of the things that struck me about this episode rewatching it tonight was how few of the ancillary characters are in it. Like in terms of their friends and everything. And it works in the episode's favor to focus it. So to narrow it, narrow the focus down to just Arnold and Helga and 
the plot of what they want for Christmas and what they're doing for Christmas and Mr. Wynn. Well, and like, I'm glad that they didn't try to stretch this into an hour where you do get a lot of like the other characters, like for being a 24 minute episode, it's they do so much in such a short period of time that I like that it wasn't expanded out too long because I think, especially nowadays, I think you get that a lot where show TV shows try to make a full spectacle of it and give you a full hour or so episode. So I think that's that works really well in this favor to not push all of these other characters into it. I think it was like we've got these three main children characters and we're going to do what we can with them to tell this story because we don't we don't need everybody else to make the story more important than it already is. Right. No. And when you think about it as well, this is already stretched out because Hey Arnold usually fit two mm-hmm. stories into a half Good an point. hour. Yeah, yep. that, that's another. Again, this is a Christmas special in the in its purest form because it's stretching out what is usually two. 15 minute segments into the full half hour. And it's a tight half hour, which works here. Like I'm glad they didn't stretch it out as well, but uh, I would have liked the train Helga ponders before she shoots down the ideas too juvenile. No, it isn't. (laughs) Hook me up. Yeah. I got a Christmas train set for my 40th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Although mine did not come with Bob, the affable railroad tramp. (laughs) missing that (laughs) everyone's favorite Christmas character one-legged Bob (laughs) a deluxe 240 piece train set complete with autumn foliage collapsible bridge and one-legged Bob the affable railroad tramp no too juvenile stay tuned hey Arnold will be right back after this you can have lots of high-tech fun with Tiger's Talkboy Tape Recorder. Hey, stop drooling on me. Hey, stop drooling on me. It even has speed control. Hi, kids. We're home early. Hi, kids. We're home early. Tiger's Talkboy Tape Recorder comes with audio cassette. Hey, girls. Now there's a new Talk Girl Tape Recorder just for you in hot metallic purple. Batteries not included. And now back to Hey Arnold, only on Nick. But yeah, back to Arnold and Gerald, who head to the Federal Office of Information to try and find Mai's whereabouts. This is 1996, so like I said, public internet is still very new, so looking her up online is not an option, kids. Google didn't even exist yet. So even if Arnold tried the internet, he'd probably be searching on Lycos or something. (laughs) But finding no. a bunch of angel fire websites or <laughs> something like that. So Arnold had to make phone calls just to direct him to this federal building. Which was, of course, going to let two nine or ten year olds in with no adult supervision to take their inquest seriously. Well, they're all at the office Christmas party, it yep. turns out. And it appears to be a doozy because one dude's already got a trash can on his head. And laughing heartily about it with a female coworker around his arm. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the I love the office Christmas party tropes. And yeah. Michael Scott from the office would have loved that party. That was right, <laughs> yeah, up, really. right up his alley. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, of note, the sign over the entrance of the building contains the Latin motto Cave Quivi Sumus, which translates to beware whoever you are. Which is hilarious for that's such an adult joke, like yeah. going into a government building mm-hmm. like that. That would be the motto. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. So Arnold and Gerald go in, wander around some more until they find one guy still actually working, and it's Mr. Bailey, the department supervisor. Look, kid, your story has touched me deeply, but to find your my win would be a huge job. It would take hours, maybe even days. Voiced by Vincent Schiavelli. Do you know him by name? The name sounds familiar. I know Mm. I've heard the name. What's he done? He's done so much stuff, and you will know him when you look him up. I'm going to go with the movie Ghost. He's the ghost on the subway who yells, get off my train. <laughs> you can picture him now, right? I can yes. picture him, yeah. he's uh, He was also the biology teacher in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. and Oh, yes. Yep. All right. I know who exactly who it is. Uh, and an evil organ grinder in Batman Returns. Oh, okay. (laughs) Here he's Mr. Bailey, a very busy supervisor who wants no part of helping these children find whoever they're looking for. You've got to appreciate the name choice there, Bailey. Yes, I'm glad Mm -hmm. you caught that. But Arnold's about to walk out dejected when he overhears Mr. Bailey on the phone with his wife saying he couldn't get their Christmas shopping done because he's got a ton of work here. And he very visibly does have a ton of work there. There's a big pile of dot matrix printer paper on the floor. <laughs> that brought back memories. I just want to rip off the sides, you yeah. know? Oh. I'm glad that didn't date me too much. Did either of you have a dot matrix printer? We did, yeah. Yep. We didn't, but whenever like my dad would take me to into the office back then, there I would was. always play with the yeah. paper. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and, and it fits in 1996. They were on their way out, but slowly. I definitely remember still printing high school reports on dot matrix printer paper in purple ink, though. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, But more importantly, Arnold seizes the opportunity to make Mr. Bailey a deal. They'll do his Christmas shopping and he'll help them search for my. So now we've received a side quest and it's off to the (laughs) big city department store, Budnick's which I am mostly sure is a reference to another Nickelodeon show. Salute your shorts. Did you guys catch that? I did catch that. And I love that show. (laughs) Yeah, That was my immediate thought was, I hope this is reference to salute your shorts. It's gotta be right. (laughs) I mean, you would think so. I would hope so. Danny Cooksey was famously the voice of stoop kid. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't either say. Yeah. So Danny Cooksey, who played Budnick on salute your shorts uh, was stoop kid. That's such another iconic like episode of such a good oh yeah (laughs) yep was just talking about Danny Cooksey with April he's in a Smoky Mountain Christmas with Dolly Parton oh nice as a tiny little kid yeah anyway they actually run around to a few stores and pick up every item except one on Mr Bailey's list the last item the Nancy Spumoni snow boots. What a coincidence that Helga is also looking for these. Yes. And while they're looking for that, they run into Helga, who's about to buy Arnold a video game called Frozen Tundra Death Warrior 7000. (laughs) I mean, it does. That title alone sounds like something 
I would have wanted to play at that age. <laughs> like that, that would have gotten me to like either buy it for my Sega Genesis or my my N64 or whatever. Like that sounds like a game I would have played. Yeah, that sounds like an N64 game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds better than the skateboard she was going to get him. I don't know. That was one of those old school skateboards with the with the tail on only one side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But naturally, she doesn't say it's for him and retreats behind her bullish, oh, hey, football head facade. But luckily for her, Gerald's there to repeat to her what Arnold had told him earlier, that giving someone this game doesn't seem personal or express any feeling or understanding toward the person you might be giving it to. Look at Gerald learning a lesson. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because Gerald knew he's like, I'm I'm saving you. Maybe this isn't the game Arnold wants, so maybe Gerald was doing him a solid without actually telling him he's doing him a solid, you know? Very much could be. Uh, But here Arnold asks a store clerk for a pair of Nancy Spumoni snow boots, and the guy says, hang on, let me get someone else. Brings two other guys there and tells Arnold to tell them what he just told him. And these jerks laugh at him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't this the same year or was it two years later when Jingle All the Way came out and they laughed in Arnold same Schwarzenegger's yeah. face? Yeah. That, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Arnold Schwarzenegger scene. grabbed him by the lapels and threatened him. Like, <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, man, Arnold can't do that. But they wouldn't be laughing in the Schwarzenegger's face if he was. Yes. There. There's something about Arnold's. Could you imagine that if that was you in that situation, you went to go find this gift and you ask for it and then they bring out additional store clerks just to laugh in your face (laughs) that it's not there. I am very patient with retail workers. It's a very thankless job, but Mm -hmm. these guys are jerks. Jerks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the snow boots have been sold out for a month. But but this kid didn't know that. Uh, apparently it's a city full of jerks because we get the montage of different retail workers <laughs> laughing at them all throughout yeah, the city. Yeah, all throughout the city. It's Christmas <laughs> Eve and they're laughing in the face of children. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but with no other choice, as the government office is about to close, they head back to Mr. Bailey with what they could find. But Bailey says, no snow boots, no deal. We- <laughs> Which jerk move there, too. Like, yeah. They just did all the work for you. Like, what is going on? He here? didn't want to help these kids to begin with. So I'm not surprised at that. What I am surprised at is Arnold repeats to Gerald while they're moping on a bench outside like he wasn't there. All I had to do was bring a pair of Nancy's Pomoni snow boots to Mr. Bailey at that crazy federal office of information. And he'd find Mr. Wynn's daughter. But it's no snow boots, no deal. That's a very TV trope thing to do to just recap the plot, even though you were there the whole time. All, all for the benefit of the hidden character eavesdropping. Yes. yes. Gee, Gerald, I can't believe we couldn't find Nancy Spumoni snow boots for Mr. Bailey so he could help us find Mr. Wynn's daughter. <laughs> he said no snow boots, no deal, which, you know, which, you know, because you were next to me. Uh, it's written like that, of course, because a curious Helga is hiding behind a tree and has been following them this whole time. So now she knows why they were so desperate for these snow boots, which she immediately gets. It's a gift at home from her parents, which we find quite full of merriment and eggnog and singing jingle bells loudly and tipsily. Oh, my God, to ride in a wild. 
I mean, her mom on this show is a legit alcoholic throughout yes, the entire that's series. true. Yeah. Uh, do they have an episode touching on that? I don't remember. I thought they did at one point. She got sober and started, yeah, paying more attention to Helga. It sounds like something they would do. So I was surprised knowing that history of the show that uh, her mom was actually that attentive and did manage to get the boots she wanted for her. Yes. Yeah, it was so out of the ordinary for her in that moment. I guess it goes to prove that Christmas for at least Helga is always a good one or that Mm -hmm. her mother at least cares about her then. I do want to point out that I always thought her dad looked like the dad from the Wonder Years. He does. Right? Like. Dead ringer. Spot on. Yes, that is Dan Loria. If I've ever seen him in animated form, <laughs> that is him. Well, and it, it's the voice of Maurice LaMarche sounding like he's trying to do that impression. Yes. Oh, give me another eggnog. Last heard from Maurice LaMarche on this show, also in How Murray Saved Christmas. He's the voice of the brain and so many other things. Oh, the brain. Yep. in the brain. <laughs> uh, Helga's mom is Kath Susie, the voice of Phil and Lil on Rugrats and Lola Bunny in the first Space Jam. I stood in line for 18 hours to get these, Helga. I swear they must be the last pair in the city. Wow. Thanks, Mom. Uh, last heard from her on here, she was a couple of voices in all of the other reindeer. Okay. Uh, mom mentioned she waited 18 hours to get these boots and Helga's overjoyed. Goes outside to try them out, and after a few spins in the snow, out of her pocket falls Arnold's dropped shopping list from Mr. Bailey. And her line here is perfect. Crimey. Not another moral dilemma. (laughs) (laughs) So she knows what must be done and runs back to the government building just as Mr. Bailey is closing up for the night, hands him the box of snow boots, and shouts, Turn those lights back on. We've got a missing person to locate. And Mr. Bailey says, I'm going home. It's Christmas Eve for crying out loud. And Helga gives him her very Helga version of the true meaning of Christmas. Can't you see? It's not about snow boots. It's not about flashy, expensive presents or getting yours before the other guy gets his. It's about showing people you really care about them. And most of all, it's about a funny little football-headed kid with a good heart but no sense of reality whose entire worldview is at stake. It takes a bit, but she finally grabs a hold of his heartstrings with, if you leave now, that little football-headed kid will never believe in miracles again. In Mr. Bailey's defense, it is late on Christmas Eve at this point. And as we keep mentioning, the internet wasn't really a thing back then. So it's not like he just typed a name into Google. It it would have required extensive searching. Right. Well, he's got the equipment to do that. Like he's one of the few people in the city with a job that has internet access and the right sort of network to do that it probably like it's not google but he's probably got some sort of search tool like some some sort of database yeah some sort of database like when you went to the library in the late 90s and the computers were still like black with orange screens but you could type in them (laughs) instead of having to go through the card catalog yeah i i do have one question about the nancy spumoni boots are these one size fit all are we just assuming that these will fit Mr. Bailey's hey, child's yeah. feet? Like it's and they're already used at this point because Helga right. went outside into the snow running around in them. Like it's this it's his daughter opening up a pair of boots that A may not fit and B are dirty. <laughs> 
She probably <laughs> clean, like took a towel and just before she put them back in the box. She didn't have to tell him they were used. But that's a good point. Mr. Bailey, is your daughter Helga-sized? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's what you get when you're not specific on your shopping list that you gifted mm-hmm. children. Uh, but as the taxi pulls up, we cut to commercial. What a cliffhanger. And we return from the break on Christmas morning and Arnold's grandma's wearing a birthday party hat and a happy new year sash. <laughs> I mean, she's clear. She clearly represents target and all these big corporations that are, are always weeks ahead of where, where the holiday actually is. It's true. And I mean, she's celebrating Jesus's birthday, I suppose. Uh, it, yep. It's a birthday party. <laughs> is, is, is the sash her sash? We don't know. <laughs> Sure. Everyone's giving out their secret Santa gifts, but there's nothing there for Mr. Wynn. And it takes a bit for Arnold to say something, which, fine, he's 10, 11 years old. It's a lot to process. I am confused as to why Gerald is here at this moment, who reminds him you tried because it's Christmas morning, man. Shouldn't you be at home opening your own gifts with your family? Hey, yeah, it seems like later in the day, because as we cut back from break, he's arriving there and other kids are like running around the street it it seems to be later in the morning which is prime let me try out my new stuff time got it good call but arnold here is when he gets up and says that he's got something to tell mr win when the doorbell rings and of course it's my father my can't believe it my is it really you? Look at you. Everyone, this is my, my daughter. Hello, everyone. I thought it was festive troublemakers or whatever grandpa called Yeah, he's just like, probably festive troublemakers. <laughs> I, I do love that they didn't even bother to change the animation from earlier in the episode when they're picking the names out of the hat and such. They show Mr. Mr. Wynn looking at the fireplace, very pensive, back turned to us. Yeah. And they use like the exact same image at the end of the episode of him kind of you know you could just tell by the way he's standing he's a little uh just you know he's sad because it's the holidays we know all the backstory now but i did find it funny that it was basically the exact same scene from 15 (laughs) minutes earlier into the episode and that's fine because it works because Mm -hmm. yeah you're gonna stand by the fireplace just thinking about your daughter in the same pose every time but but here she is And she's wearing a festive red dress with a Santa-like buckle. Not obvious, but I noticed. Hmm. (laughs) That's not the point at all. It's a very emotional reunion for the two. And you see visible tears in a lot of the other boarding house tenants' eyes. Which I guess is his story was common knowledge to the other tenants. It might not have been, but they can see that, that something's happening. He does introduce, this is my daughter. So now they get it. We don't see his daughter ever again in the rest of the series do we we don't but i mean she's got her own life she she's got a she's got a family she she made it out of vietnam and here to the city and she was raised well enough that she's still in the city and was able to be easily found and came to mr win on her own so no we don't see her again i don't think but hmm. it's just curious about that 
it's safe to assume that she stayed in his life. It was a very tearful reunion, and she seemed to be just as happy to be reunited with him as he was to see her again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But this is a one-off appearance. Uh, the voice of Mai is Hiep Thi Le, who fled her native Vietnam when she was nine years old. She's the lead in the Vietnam War movie Heaven and Earth with Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. Okay. She was in Cruel Intentions and later became a restaurateur in Los Angeles, even appeared on the show Chopped. Hmm. Uh, but sadly, she is also no longer with us. She died in 2017 of stomach cancer at age 46. Oh, wow. Oh, man. So uh, young. Yeah. Uh, but she made her mark here. It's It's a wonderful ending to this episode. That leaves Arnold wondering how it happened, because as far as he knows, he left Mr. Bailey all depressed, like Christmas miracle didn't happen for him. But here it is. And Gerald wisely tells him, don't try and make sense of this. A miracle's a miracle. And that's all there is to it. And he adds, maybe you've got a Christmas angel looking out for you or something. And we pan outside to see Helga whispering, Merry Christmas, Arnold. And we're out. Oof. I love that they didn't have to show us Helga getting the moment of telling Arnold that she made that happen. And I think that's like so it's such a beautiful thing that, you know, we always hear it's better to to, to give than receive. And Helga got both out of this. She, she did. didn't have to, like, throw it in Arnold's face that I'm the one who made this happen. I'm the one that did this for you. I gave up my gift for you. And I think that I think that makes it even an even more beautiful story than it already is that Helga was so uh, selfless enough to not have to be like, this was all me. I did this. I made this happen, especially because it kind of seemed like that's something that was more in Helga's character in general. So I, I, that just, it, it hit even more seeing that uh, again in this episode, because I'd kind of forgotten about the fact that she didn't really, that Arnold didn't find out that it was Helga that made this happen. It was a very subtle moment for a kids TV show, but I loved, I loved it completely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a very good point that we never do get this result. Like as much of a drama queen as Helga was throughout this entire run, she knew where to draw the line and, and the show writers knew where to draw the line here. And from what I've read, this left a very positive impact on Asian Americans who watched the show as kids. Many, said this was the first time they felt represented on TV. So this was a very important episode of television for a whole generation, and I'm very happy it exists. I think it still is a very important episode of uh, television because yeah. you don't see TV shows or cartoons doing this type of stuff nowadays, and I wish more would do it. Um, you know, as long as they took the time to be as sensitive and done as well as this and not just try to shoehorn a serious story into their Christmas episode. Yeah. And I love, too, that it's a Christmas episode with kids that's not Santa forward or anything like that. It's a very real world type of story. And I think, again, that it, it made it, that's what makes it so unique and what makes it so it, it stands the test of time, even 
all these years later that you could watch this. It doesn't feel dated, really. I mean, no. there are little moments here and there, uh, like the technology and, and such. But I, I mean, it still just works so well because it's it's different than most children's or or young adult uh television because it does it, it doesn't have to focus so much on santa and, and different things like that when i think of nickelodeon back in its heyday um how great a lot of its content is and was i yeah. think of this episode and i think of the rugrats mother's day special which is another one of those Ooh. iconic serious yeah. heartbreaking episodes that really did something special for a children's show. But those two, to me, like really are demonstrative of, you know, how talented the people at Nickelodeon were. And, you know, they weren't just making stuff for kids. Um, like, yeah, anyway, I won't go on a Disney rant right now, but <laughs> <laughs> easy. <laughs> they they weren't, but they, they also were, and they knew that, you know, they respected our generation enough to hit us with something like this and to take it seriously and to make it tasteful. And we didn't like, there's not a Santa Claus in sight in this entire episode, but it didn't need one. It has more Christmas spirit than a lot of things I've covered on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And if y'all want to watch Arnold's Christmas yourself, it is streaming on Paramount plus, And I believe Hulu as well. Hulu. That's where I watched it. It is episode 20 of season one. But thank you both for joining me on this heartwarming shopping run. Oh, thank it was you. a blast. Yeah, it was. I Again, it's just it's such a great episode. I was so happy uh, when you offered up the chance to come on and talk about it because it's it's just so good. Great. It makes me want to go back and watch more Hey Arnold. Because <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I do have to ask you guys, just because you both said you watched, like Matt, you said it was your heyday, and Mike, you said you watched a lot of it as well. Mm-hmm. What if you think back on it, is there any specific episode besides this one that stands out as you just remember just for some reason enjoying? Well, it's never this the stoop anything with stoop kid. I was gonna just, say stoop kid. Oh, and there's just it's so funny. It's so it's such an iconic part of this series and this show in general, like a lot of it, uh, like we talked about how they were mostly or they're basically all just 15 minute you know, 12 minute episodes, you know, two, two each that they could pack so much funny stuff in short periods of time. Yeah. And, and it, I think it worked perfectly for kids too, that you don't need a full 24, 22 minute run on episode, like just breeze through it. It gets it, you know, in and out and you're done. And I think that's what's so, what was so good about Hey Arnold. What about like yeah. for yourself? Is there specific ones for you, Anthony, that stand out? I mean, I, I loved the whole show, but for some reason, when I think of Harold, I always think there was one where Sid thought Stinky was a vampire for whatever reason, and he gets really paranoid. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> and, one now that you say it. And then there was another one where uh, Curly didn't get to be the safety monitor or something, so he took the school hostage via a bunch of pickballs and holds himself <laughs> in the principal's office. <laughs> <laughs> the one I remember besides this one is that Arnold was trying to see some comet or something in the sky yeah. one night, but there was too much light pollution in the city. And somehow they convinced the whole city to turn off their lights so they could see this comet and they were able to do it. Yeah. So that was another heartwarming one. I mean, Arnold definitely had the best room uh, oh, yeah. for comet watching. Oh, man. 
I always thought he had the coolest bedroom, but yet for somebody who loves sleeping in complete and utter darkness, I don't think I could handle having a giant greenhouse uh, for my ceiling, but he did have an awesome room. He did. There was another episode, too. It was like a scary one. It was like the woman in the park with no head. The scarf got wrapped on the branch. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like, I loved that one. Oh, so many great episodes. I want to go back and watch now. Yeah. So thanks for giving me that urge. Mike. Sure. There you go. Well, there it is. It's it's streaming Paramount Plus and Hulu. Go nuts. Uh, and if people want to laugh in your face for trying to buy the world's most popular snow boots on Christmas Eve, where can they find you on the Internet? Matt. Well, you can find the TGI podcast. We are on all podcasting platforms. I mean, at this point, I think everybody kind of is. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching TGI podcast, or you can find me. I am on Twitter at Matt Yurich, E-U-R-I-C-H there. And uh, that's a lot of sports on my my actual Twitter account, but uh, I'll talk to you about anything on there. <laughs> and Anthony. You can find Tis the Podcast on any podcast platform. Go to tisapodcast.com slash insert your preferred social media there to find us across all social media sites. And yeah, check us out. Perfect. Thank you both again. Good talk, boys. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me. Well, podcast pals, you can find show notes for all the tangents we went on tonight at adventcalendar.house. You can say hi to me on Twitter at adventcalhouse and at fallwestmike. Next episode drops on Christmas Eve morning, and it's a big one. Till then, for Matt Yurick and Anthony Caruso, live from my banana wallpaper-covered boarding room, this is Mike Westfall reminding you to mind the icy patch and tell the people you love you love them. Good night, y'all. And now, these messages. Do you long for those casual Friday nights spent in on the couch, cuddled up with a blanket, maybe some delivery pizza without a care in the world? Then I have the podcast for you. Hey, I am Matt, and I am the host of TGI Podcast. As a product of the 1990s, I want to go back and take a look at all of the classic TGIF shows, as well as many other classic sitcoms from that era, to determine if they truly are a holiday classic. We've got you covered with Halloween and Thanksgiving in the fall before we go full steam ahead with Christmas in December. Come give us a listen if you want to take a trip down 90s Nostalgia Lane. We're the elves from Tis the Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And Tis the Podcast is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Join us each week as we rank, review, and discuss all your favorite Christmas movies and television shows. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes it's a verbal brawl. But each and every week is guaranteed to be fun. Come join us. Next time on the 100th episode of the Advent Calendar House... You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why.